1: Tonight, it's interview time again, as wellness expert Dan Miller joins us for a chat, including put down that phone and go spend some time in the sun. We are lost in this society because food is too easy to get. Big Pharma has no desire to cure anything. And it's always good to keep in mind, we are animals. Here we go. And now... Asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers, and my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle finger of the gods, Daniele Bolelli, as we invite you to lower the lights, batten down the hatches, and prepare to open your mind. For the Drunken Dows podcast, begins now. All right. Welcome back everybody. Another fine episode of the Drunken Dows Podcast, episode two hundred and ten. Another amazingly fine day here in Ojai. That's they call true. this the winter. Well, in another week. It seems not winter like at all. Hey, I have three or on. That's See, it is winter true enough. LA winter. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny uh... we had folks at the observatory last night and it was in the forties. Yeah. And you'd have thought that the Arctic tundra was gonna roll exactly. out in with all these fur hats and yeah. toques going around 40s is winter enough it yes. is oh man i remember i remember in tennessee days when you get into that spring day when it was finally like 46 or 7 and you're like yes t-shirt. get the shorts out of
0: course of course <laughs> the yeah there are falling leaves on the ground there's it has a at least if not winter winter at least a full feeling to it yeah and there's christmas lights yeah so, so cool enough Yes, indeed. So we are on for 2.10 with Mr. Dan Miller. We shall be chatting soon enough. Before we do that, uh, we want to thanks give thanks to Short Design T-shirt for their beautiful support over a long period of time.
1: I found my Durban Poison shirt. Oh, yeah. So packing does have its advantages. Yeah,
0: you find the old stuff. (laughs) There it is. So check out their website for their great T-shirts. Of course, grasslandbeef.com. Absolutely. You got to hear from the man himself in a previous episode, so now you know why what they do is awesome. And, of course, thank you to zebraathletics.com. Beautiful supplies for martial arts, which make my garage cooler and happier. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and um, having said that shall we give thanks to the folks who have donated?
1: Absolutely Let the pottering begin
0: Okay here we go we got Samuele Rudelli Jim D'Amico Froggy Style Production Donald Chip Witten, Lane Raper Stephen Rados Yanni Linima Luis Pesquera Jesse Rantacangas Clayton Payne Austin Stilwell Aaron Wisner Stephen McKee Jonathan Waterloo Tyler Kiplev Charlie Fernandez and Frederick Hahn heroes one and all heroes one and all indeed you know what I'm actually going to check as we speak my email because I want to since we are recording right now I don't want to miss anybody who donated today who then has to wait yes we got more Mr. Thomas Robinson Mr. John Vergara and uh, Aistis Juska that wraps it up in real time fantastic yes indeed uh, another way to help us out which i think most of you guys are no longer doing i don't know if it's the technologist change or what's up but if you think that maybe you're gonna be shopping on amazon and you want to do it through our link it helps us a lot dbamazing.com or there's the link somewhere on the episode notes i believe either one would work we would deeply appreciate if you do that
1: with Christmas around the corner, if you need a desperation gift for that bratty uh, niece or nephew, Kiva cards, yes. kiva.org, make them give $25 to a stranger. They'll pay them back and they can do it again. That wouldn't suck. So that's an option right
0: there with Kiva. And in the thank you list, thank you to uh Aum sellers and Matera Wines, both of whom have supplied us with glorious Products blessed by Dionysus that are very much appreciated. Now, with that in mind. Yeah, we're...
1: I think blessed by Dionysus himself, Dan Miller on his way in. Let's roll.
0: Okay, let's roll, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go, after a couple of uh, rare Zoom episodes, which I apologize for, and I don't at the same time, because one of the things about Zoom is that you do get to chat with people that you never get to meet face-to-face because your paths don't cross. However, I am fully aware that the audio quality sucks in those cases, and there's only so much that you can do to make it better. So both I hope you enjoy. Some of the ones we have done, you know, having Sterling Harjohn, that was an absolute treat. At the same time, sorry for the audio quality. Today, we are not going to have that problem because we have Mr. Dan Miller here, just about two and a half feet away from me. He's very close. Yes, here we go. Make it three feet, maybe. That's about it. Dan, (laughs) welcome to the Drunken Taoist. Hello, hello. Why don't we, um, just for before we jump into a whole variety of topics, why don't we just give the good folks a little bit of an intro about what you do, you are, your path to get here, all that good stuff. Yeah,
2: well, we flew out here, so that was the path. It was pretty easy. (laughs) I guess the other (laughs) path. um, All right. Uh, Yeah, so... I have a a really weird background because I started when I was fresh. Let's go fresh out of high school. Let's go all the way back. I'm 51 years old in a couple of days. Uh, So let's go back when I was 18, uh, valedictorian of high school, off to North Dakota State University to study organic chemistry. So the summer between high school and and college, I went to Argonne National Lab and I made superconductors for the summer. So for those of you that don't know what nerds do in the summer, that's what nerds do in the summer. Right they make superconductors at a at a lab. So then I went to organic chemistry and, and my mom ended up homeless. I ended up dropping out of college, um, doing family stuff for well over a decade, just got caught up in life. Like, I don't need an education because I was way too smart, way too stupid, whatever word we want to use there. I just didn't go back to school for a decade. And then when I went back to school, I was uh, nearing 30 and decided it wasn't going to be chemistry anymore although I'm still interested in that kind of stuff it's just not marketable mm-hmm. and you threw
1: your Pink Floyd records away because <laughs> they Completely. were leading, leading you down a path
2: yeah right and you don't want to be down that path when you're <laughs> you know I was a competitive martial artist at the time and so I went back to school for business management, got my undergrad there, then went on to get three master's degrees. I got my MBA, I got a master's in strategic leadership, and I got a master's in project management. Wow. And that made me highly marketable in business, but it really, really sucked for doing anything that made my heart full. Mm-hmm. So about eight or nine years ago, uh, I met a guy, Mark McDonald. Shout out to Mark, a uh, fantastic human being. And, and he, he said, dude, you're, you're really good at teaching. Why aren't you teaching nutrition? Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, if this is a a world leader in this telling me I should be doing it, I should probably listen to that. So I started studying nutrition, started studying fitness. Uh, Shortly thereafter, I started speaking. And now, fast forward eight years, 51 years old, I speak around the world on fitness, nutrition, longevity, productivity. Basically, I tell people how not to die of shit that you're doing every day. and. So how can we do life better and make it last longer? And that's and I do that primarily with executive groups and, and private functions, mm-hmm. groups anywhere between my average group that I talk to. I do about 100 events a year. There's about 25 people in the room, 12, 25. But I do the big events, you know, 500, 2,000. So that's it. Sweet. I do that. Do some workplace wellness coaching. Same kind of thing. All, everything I do to make money now involves somebody living longer, not dying sooner. That's a good policy. Yeah, I think
0: yeah. that's uh, it. Beats the alternative, making <laughs> it, money on killing people. So yeah, yeah, it does. Really about
2: it it. it yeah. does. <laughs> Although I think the money's better there, isn't it? Possibly. Uh, but tough on your soul, though. But yeah, bad, very, karma. Very very bad, bad karma. Very yeah. bad karma. Yeah. The I think
0: one thing I was thinking about last night that I was like, you know what, I'm gonna throw this at Dan tomorrow because it's something that has been. Um, it's been on my mind a lot the past few months, years possibly. Um, uh, one of the things that I'm noticing when looking at where we are at at a global level as a society is there seems to be we are, we are at a place where there seems to be the death of objectivity. The idea that there are no agreed upon facts. That like you can make pretty much any claim about anything and you're gonna have uh, a bunch of people will support it saying clearly the evidence is pointing to the fact that that's the truth. You have a bunch of people will argue the exact opposite coming. Now, of course, some of it is either disingenuous or cynical or it's a scam or whatever. Yeah. Forget about that part. The more complicated part, the one that's trickier is where there are cases where, and I find a lot of cases, where the evidence is messy, to say the least, you know, where to to really know how to dig and go through. Like, for example, I think about the fact that as a matter of policy, I try not to have strong opinions about shit that I'm not super well versed in. And then even the ones that I am very well versed in, I try to have flexible opinion. But at least the good start would be not have that strong opinion about stuff that I don't know like the back of my hand. The fact is there are not that many things in life that you can know with that degree of precision.
2: Yeah. I'm a white belt in everything I do, Danielle. I've been studying some of this stuff for 10 years and I don't know anything. And I admit that because… We just, we don't. We can't. Anyone that claims to be an expert in anything, I think, is lying to themselves. And,
0: and I mean, on one level, <coughs> yes. On the other level, clearly, you know, if you want to go study Jiu-Jitsu from a guy it's like What can you do? It's like, well, I have this old system. It's like, have you ever pulled it off on anybody ever? It's like, no, but you know, this is a great system. It's like, well, so there is such a thing as objective facts and expertise. And I think that's why I like things like martial arts, where the results are very unambiguous. Yeah. Right. There's no, there's hardly a gray zone. It's pretty clear where something is working and something is not. 100%. So much of the rest of life is not like that. So much of the rest of life is uh highly contradictory. I mean take something about like nutrition, which I would love to start oh, we'll talk about know, that. asking you question or pick but but it's purely as an example, okay? It's like yeah. it's part of a bigger point. Even if you rule out all the people who are batchit crazy, who are clearly delusional, who have no evidence to go by, but we they run left. on to you know, but even then Okay, even so politicians go, are out. Right, What's exactly? next? Yeah. So even if you go that with exists. people who are maybe maybe you even know them, maybe they are smart, maybe they are honest, you know they are not bullshitting you, you know that they believe it. You know right. that they have done their research, and their research from person A who's smart and honest tells brings them to some conclusion and I'm like, oh, so that's it. And then I listen to person B who's also smart and honest and tells me something, if not a hundred percent different, at least partially different. Yeah. And I'm like, oh shit. I mean we all agree that yeah, you shouldn't drink seven cans of soda a day. We got that. Like some things are objective, now, right? Some yeah. people might think <laughs> that way. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like there's there's a baseline where okay, there's some shared facts that we all agree on, but so much of the rest is not. And I think part of what makes, uh, and sorry for this super long uh, way about it, but I'm kind of feeling strongly about this issue, so I'm laying it. (laughs) I think one of the problems that we have today is that with everybody having access to all kind of information, there's a monstrous degrees of confusion that result from it, and the fact that people essentially pick their team based on, I like the way that guy, or that guy is believes the same shit I do about something else. So I'm going to go with what he say about global warming and masks and uh, how to dress and whatever the fuck, right? right? And it's just like, you don't know the fuck. You don't know the evidence. You don't have the fucking training to be able to tell good evidence from the right. people who are good at this stuff can't agree let alone the people who are not. And so what the hell am I going to say we're on topics that I'm not super familiar on? Long way of saying, how the hell do we get out from a situation where there seems to be so much really confusion because we cannot agree on basic facts.
1: Well, the sooner we get rid of these pro oxygen people. <coughs> right? That are supporting Th- that's all the problem. The oxygen yeah. consumption. We will definitely have a better planet.
0: How about
2: those guys drinking dihydrogen monoxide? Can you believe they're drinking that? I don't even know. Like I that. can't even imagine drinking something oh, like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that as I pick up my <laughs> right, water, right. And I don't know yes. what that is. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: So, so it, solve the world uh, problems. All right. The so next, the, I th- you have 120 seconds. All, all solve right. It the all.
2: truth is in the fuzzy middle, and there's multi-factors involved in everything.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And if we realize that we don't exist, I mean, let's just go down to quantum physics for a second. We're all just a possibility cloud. It is It is. what do you do right now and what's working in your microcosm of existence and how are you affecting others around you? And I think if I don't try to fix Latvia's problems from here in California, Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to be a lot better off. And if I affect those that want to be affected by hanging around with me, so act local, think about the bigger impact. That's what, I mean, I, I quit my real job so I could do better for the world and Turns out, I make more money now, and I'm happier mm-hmm. because I decided to do better for for those around me. I don't do better for the person that doesn't want to listen. Sure, I do better for those saying, "Hey, help us." Yeah. So, but there's it's fuzzy. It gets fuzzy in the middle because it, there's always gray. There's always clouds of possibility. There's always yeah, a little bit right there, a little bit right over there, and a little bit right over there. And I think if we just look at all of that, the fact that there's there's possibilities in the middle, and, and let's go down that food route. Some people can be sort of vegan heavy, especially here in California. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll, t- we'll talk about why I say that, but there's other populations where if you tell them to be vegan heavy, they will starve to death and die because they're living above the Arctic circle. Right. So it's fuzzy when we say vegetables, vegetables, fruit, fruit, only plants. It's fuzzy because it's, it works in Guatemala. It doesn't work in Juneau, Alaska.
0: And also, in that regard, you make an absolute good point in terms of where and also in terms of who, right? Because I've had situations where, I mean, I remember me and Sav eating the exact same stuff, me thriving on it, and Sav being supremely badly affected. Right, right. And so it's like, wait, why? Isn't this healthy? It's like, yeah, yeah. for me, not for her. And vice versa.
2: So well, like, most people can eat peanuts. Some people die from it. Right. So I mean, we're just seven point what six billion of us now. We're all yeah. biologically a little bit different. Thank you, mom and dad, or damn it, mom and dad, mm-hmm. or damn it, I came from Italy, or damn it, I came, my mm-hmm. parents are from or grandparents are from southern Russia. So we're all going to be biologically different. And yep. there's and we have to realize that it's not just our DNA. It's not just mom and dad or grandma and grandpa or where we came from, but it's also where we live. Mm-hmm. It's also what have we done for the last 30 years. Sure. You know, I'm 10% body fat. Somebody that's 38 or 40% body fat is going to have a different reaction to certain foods than I. Yeah. I exercise a bunch. Somebody else might not. So it's a, there's a ton of factors always affecting everything. Yeah. And what I get so sad about in in my community that I operate in, let's just go fitness and nutrition, or mm-hmm. not so much longevity, but fitness and nutrition, is everyone has the way. Yeah. This is the way. Right. No, there's right. a shitload of different ways. And and for us to look at people and say there's a bunch of different ways to do this. Let's find one of them that works for you. Maybe intermittent fasting works for you. Maybe you're trying to be a bodybuilder and that's not going to work for you. If you're trying to stack on muscle on top of your muscles or your muscles have muscles, intermittent fasting is not going to be the way to go. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Somebody like me absolutely positively works. It works really, really well. So there's a bunch of factors affecting this. And I like to lay out where did we come from as a species and realize that even in that, there's going to be differences based uh-huh. on where we live, who we hang out with, what we're doing with our day. We're going to need different things. Right? You're not going to need a vitamin D supplement here in Southern California if you spend a lot of time in this yard. Right. But you are if you're all the the time indoors and you never go outside without sunscreen or without long sleeves. Well, then, damn it, you're going to need a vitamin D supplement just like somebody in New York City in the winter. Of course. For sure you are. Right. Because you're not living where we used to live and Mm -hmm. where our genome is looking for us to live. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and I think in that sense, there's a very... It's sort of the same theme that pops up in many different ways. There's a Taoist element to that, the fact that it's... It's complicated. It's always it's uh, it's never that clear-cut, black and white Confucian rule of everybody should do this at all times, nobody should do this. Most, again, save for a few exceptions that are pretty clear-cut, that are black and white, most of the stuff is not. And so, and I think that's part of why it's so complicated for most people. Because none of us enjoy having to spend so much damn time researching something, learning about it. When we come to a conclusion where we feel this is great, it's like yes, today. However, it may be different for you two years from now. It's different for the person next to you. It's and so you constantly have to. It's a lot of damn work. Yeah, and as such, I. I'm going to go on a limb and suggest that that probably is why it's not the most popular thing in the world, where it's so much easier to just be, if you want to stick to nutrition, it's like, it's all about protein, you should only eat meat all the time, and that's the way to go, shut up, you don't know what the yeah. hell you're talking about, vegan is the way, fuck you, and then yeah. and you go back and forth with these arguments, and that's just one, but there are 10 million of those. And And half of the time, I'm like... You know, there's a story that I love. I think we used it before the podcast where uh, I forget the exact original example, but like it's beyond beside the point. It's like person A goes to this guy and lays down a thesis and the guy's like, I, you're right. It's a good point. Person B goes and makes the exact opposite argument and the guy goes, you're right. You make a good point. Person C shows up and is like, wait, time out." they can both be right. They are They are saying very opposite things. You cannot say to both of them that they are right. And it's like, you're yeah, right. <laughs> and there's something there, right? Yeah. Because it's like partially, there's a partial truth that you can find in many camps. And the question is not whether there is that partial truth or not, because unless you are completely batshit crazy, you probably will have something. But it makes a big difference. is a 70% partial truth or a 1% partial truth. And figuring out how to use that—that's the tricky part.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think most people just go to I'mRight.com, and that's a you know <laughs> pretty much. And then right. and then they they see I'm right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a Bill Burr joke. If you guys listen to <laughs> Bill Burr's special, where he says, "I went to I'mRight.com," and then you just fill your head with the same stuff. And what I learned early on, even in high school, just because I was so involved in math and science, and in, in at university in particular, is you got to look at all sides of this. So go to I'mWrong.com yeah. and get that Instead data. Of y'all are wrong. Yeah, that's a and one. and then figure it out from there. Because let's look at the contradictory data that that a vegan diet might not be healthy. Like if you live above the Arctic Circle and you don't have access to roads, well, then a vegan diet is going to be the worst damn idea ever. I've so hot, If you, you you'll know. really
1: dig, there's some nice yeah. lichen underneath yeah. the rock about 14 feet <laughs> under the permafrost.
2: That's It's really yeah. tasty. You got to d- follow the reindeer. You're going to be fine. Just don't <laughs> eat the reindeer. Eat what they eat. We're going to be good. Yeah, right. So I think what a lot of people need to do is when they when they start feeling like they're absolutely right and everything they say and everyone else is wrong, they need to look in the mirror and check themselves because that is not a good way to walk around because that's a surefire way to make everyone who doesn't agree with you your enemy. And I don't think we're all enemies. Right, not at all. Right, especially if if we're all in the same country, we should kind of be on sort of the same team, right? It's pro pro human. Yeah, if we're not in the same country, even if we erase the invisible borders that are just written out on paper, and we say, look. Uh, you know Canadians are just like us. They're just, Whoa, they're just nicer. you are getting crazy. Yeah, or, well, you know uh, they're like, they're nicer with less guns. Okay, yeah. or whatever, right? <laughs> right. Or you know wherever we go, we're not all that different. And if you strip away a lot of what we say we're different in, we're kind of the same.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, well, you know, I hate when you have to check a box. What race are you? Yeah, so from doesn't... here forward, I always put human.
0: Yeah, f- a... foot race. That's yeah. Yeah. That's a good <laughs> one, <too. laughs> yeah. Hundred percent, hundred percent. That's just uh, exactly where it's at in terms of uh, mindset, in terms of epistemology, if you want, in terms yeah. of how you know what you know, and how you're going to behave based on that. I think that's the way to go.
2: Always learning. You're never right. You never know enough. That that's my theory anyway. Is constant evolution, which that, that's humans for Darwinian evolution, two point five million years, and that, I think is. Oh, sorry. Oh, go, go go
1: that's, that's clearly an over fifty response because. I know I'm dumber than ever And making it over 50 I did My whole give a fuck Is completely gone for all times But just knowing my ignorance And wanting to fill those voids Is more present than ever isn't it a shame we couldn't be like that when we were twenty. Oh, that'd be great. I can't be remember why I was chasing in, instead when I was twenty. <laughs> yeah, hard, I wonder what I was doing when I was. Oh, re- yeah, I know. Oh, what I, was I do doing. remember now. Yeah. Too.
2: No drugs, by the way. There was no drugs, no plants when I was in my twenties. Because I was, I grew up in that whole uh, like, drugs are bad. Okay, you know, like the Mister Mackey right. from South Park. That's yeah. that was me right. when I was we're
1: in literally the worst age you could yeah. possibly be at that moment. Because when we turned fourteen. It was just say no. Yeah, AIDS had arrived. Yeah, and you couldn't even listen to the music because of the PMRC. Right, sex, drugs, rock and roll. Yeah, no, a, a full body condom, and you might get a, 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 a nice handshake. <laughs> right, times were tough.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I, then I, you know, I had my first little uh, touch of cannabis in my life, and that changed me forever. You yeah, know, the only That's, person this ever is say it. That. This is it? Right. Like, this is way better than being drunk. Right. Because I'm not going to leave my couch and get in a fight. Yeah. I can't even move my arm. It's amazing. Pre-jet. And, and there's dragons in the kitchen. This is great. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, man. It's, um, it's tricky. And it feels like, uh, in some way, social media encourages the exact opposite encourages the there's an issue that i don't know shit about i need to have a super strong opinion and yell about it within the next six seconds so i can participate on this post and it's just like no you don't you could just shut the
1: fuck up yeah listen
0: (laughs) consider evidence not necessarily come to a conclusion when you do come to a conclusion comes very tentatively to a conclusion that's highly flexible and ready to be changed and that's not how we operate. And I feel that almost there's, a, in that sense, our technology our access to information is kind of running against the way most people's psychology work. In, and,
2: uh, and here's why, right? It, it, so let me let me liken uh, social media to a tool because yeah. I, I love uh, the phone. Let's just use sure. the phone or the, the, mm-hmm. the tablet or the laptop that's in front of us. It's a tool, right? Yeah. So let's go back to hammers as a tool. We know how to use a hammer, right? You hit the nail. And then you build something amazing. Mm -hmm. Hammers are used for building. Or sometimes if you use the back of the hammer, it pulls the nail out, right? Now, there are a rare few that will take that hammer and kill with it. Mm -hmm. That is an improper use of the tool as society agrees. So we know how to use hammers as a tool. I think the problem is is none of us know how the hell to use that phone as a tool. Mm -hmm. We just use it because it feeds that dopamine response and there's volumes written on how social media and some of the apps even some of the game apps but the phone alone how it feeds that dopamine response and right we're so lost in our regular society because food is so fucking easy to get mm-hmm. that we just make shit up and we're bored food's eight feet away for most people right and they don't they don't really pay for it they trade some electronic money for it so we're bored. We have nothing to do. There's no danger. we're not we're not in danger. Nobody's shooting at us here. There's no predation. So we go to this thing that feeds us, and nobody taught us how to use it. Mm-hmm. It's too new we don't our, our dna and our our bodies as humans doesn't know what that thing is right so we just lean into what feels good and we become addicted and we yep. and we use it to bitch about politics yeah like i always tell people i got a flat piece of glass in my pocket that costs a thousand dollars all the information in the known universe is there and you use it to bitch yeah. about politics right. it's the worst use of a tool like that i've ever seen yeah so, I think if we just look at what we're what are we doing right like what's your life like? Um, Michael Easter has one of my favorite books on the face of the planet. Have you read it The Mm-mm. Comfort Crisis Mm-mm. It is in two years of reading about a hundred books a year. that's my favorite book in the last two years. unbelievably well written about how we've got a we've got an easy life right and if you don't do some hard shit to put it into perspective, you start making stuff up, yeah, and that's where we're in trouble mm-hmm. Because I have to have an enemy. Right. And my enemy is going to be, whatever, fill in the sure, word. Sure, sure The vegans, course. the non-vegans, the Republicans, yeah. the Democrats, the blonde-haired people, because damn it, I'm bald. The tattooed people, the non-tattooed. Yeah. I'm going to find an enemy. Of course. Because food's right there. Yeah. God, if we were all hungry, we would never be bitching about any of this stuff. <laughs> We'd be banding together to find food.
0: So, seeing... Possibly the solution is not to just mass starvation. What do you <laughs> think is that,
2: Danielly? <laughs> I'm saying the solution is mass starvation. Yes. for five hundred dollars. Right. Yeah. What's
0: what you know? Since that's hopefully not about yeah. to change. Yeah, I ho- uh, yeah. I hope not. Um,
2: what's a what's an easier approach? I think we need to slap ourselves in the face and say, wake the fuck up. Like, you have an easy look. Here, this is a statistic I love to use for people because people don't realize it mm-hmm. here, right? If they're listening to this podcast, they might not realize just how bad it is in some places. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? Travel, travel the world and go to some real shitholes. Yeah. Check so out that Bolivia. You, yeah. And
1: we'll set you want to talk about poverty?
2: It's crazy. Eight million people starved to death last year. Right. And I'm going to bitch about what? I got free food. I got so much food. The U.S. has so much food, we throw away 40% of the food mm-hmm. produced in this country. Which should be a crime. It should be a crime. And you can't even, in some places, I believe California is like that, you can't donate relatively old food to the homeless. You can't do it. It's illegal. You can't donate so saying,
1: sandwiches that were being yeah. served one hour earlier to the guy that's got nothing on the it's, street. Because, oh, he might get botulism. That's or, a tragedy. No, it's so, unacceptable.
2: so i think if we if we just take some of michael easter's uh um advice mm-hmm. just go do something hard or go to a place where they're really struggling to put your life into perspective and come back with a new mindset it's all about our heads because that's where we're in yeah. trouble right now it's not that anyone's doing stuff wrong for the most part it's our heads are screwed up you because food is too
0: easy do you think in that sense is because kind of Throughout history, we have been used to being in crisis mode of dealing with the fact that food is not an easy thing, that you have to be watching out for 10,000 things. And so when you are not busy watching out for 10,000 things, you kind of don't know what to do with yourself. and you.
2: Well, Brett Weinstein covers that in his new book, too. Uh, I don't know if you've picked up that one, but but he, cover, he covers that as well. There's, there's some things that are going on with us as humans that are undeniable from our evolutionary past. Mm-hmm. They're undeniable. Number one, food is not always easy. Number two, there's always danger. Because let's face it, we're, we're middle of the mm-hmm. food chain at best if i shove and delicious tasty delicious wet bags of meat who can't (laughs) catch shit like i dare anyone listening to go even try to catch a butterfly because they're they've got the gift of flight we don't we suck we're middle of the food chain delicious bags of slow moving meat (laughs) and if it wasn't for some things that happened in our past we wouldn't have even made it to where we're at today Mm -hmm. i mean i don't see dolphins making podcasts so something happened yeah that that set us apart, whatever that was in our prefrontal cortex and our evolutionary past, our brains got big enough to use technology. That's the first thing yeah. I tell people. You got to realize we're the only animal on the planet, by and large, as a species that uses technology. And that technology is what keeps us safe from bears and tigers. Because if it wasn't for technology, yeah. Yeah, we wouldn't correct. be talking right of now. Course. Of we, course. we might be. We'd be talking. We'd be talking as part of our tribal movement. But we'd also have spears in our hands trying to hunt something yeah. and be watching our backs. Yes. Right? So that was most millions, millions of years of our species was what's over there? What's over there? Something's going to eat us. There was always yeah. us looking for an enemy or us looking for food. Sure. And now, what, about four generations ago, that stopped. Right. It's too soon. We can't adapt that quick. Our right. genome doesn't adapt that quick as a species. So four generations ago, there's no more looking for predation. There's no more looking for an enemy. Mm-hmm. So now what? Yeah, yeah. So now I'm looking for an enemy. Yeah. And my enemy is whatever the opposite of my thought process is, that's my enemy. Sure. You know, if, it's, if you're a Democrat, your enemy is Republicans. If you're a Republican, your enemy is Democrats. And I'm going to impose my will on others because that's, that's part of human nature. hmm and now we have to try to undo that in our society, and it's hard. It's always good to do that when you
0: are don't have the the conditions have changed so much that most people don't have the know-how, and you got nuclear weapons and yeah. technologies that have the potential to do fantastic things and terrible things. Right. That technology is there to do both, and you're not quite well-equipped to use it. It's like, great. Yeah. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong yeah. there? Oh, I can't it's imagine. Like... Yeah, I guess... Okay, that's sort of life philosophy yeah, and all of that, which I dig. Um, let's go into instead some of the specifics of okay. what you do and what you... What would you say are... We we have uh, you know you made the the intro saying there are few very hard strict rules a lot of it is flexible a lot of it is dependent on who you are your history where you are ten thousand things. Having said that, what are some of the things that are at the core of what you do for a living in this sense in terms of what you teach?
2: Well, let's. So this is what I teach. I don't teach my program. I teach Mm -hmm. a program that's billions of years in the making. And and if we look at where are the hard and fast rules? Well. They're not really in human society. Mm-hmm. Well, we know you can't kill because then you're going to go to jail. Sure, sure. What, whatever. So we know there's some, yeah. some rules in our society, and different societies have different rules. But let's look at the immutable rules of humans, mm-hmm. the ones you can't argue with. And all of those happen to be the same rules that nature has. And, and this is where I think our modern society is fucked Because we forgot.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. We're writing shit down now. We've been writing shit down for thousands of years, and we forgot this. We're animals, period. That's it. End of story. You're 98%-ish, 6%, the same genetic material as your dog, which is, we all agree, is an animal. So humans are animals, and that's an unchangeable, hard fact, period. We're an animal. Mm -hmm. Well, how do animals operate, and where do they live? Right, so where do all other animals live on the planet? In the magical, mystical place called outside. All right, it's well reported that the average American spends five hours per week outdoors. Ooh, we evolved in tribes of 150. That's Dunbar's number, Robin Dunbar from uh, from uh, Europe. So we had tight. Close-knit relationships with 150 tribe members where we were, and I use these four words all the time, needed, valued, loved, and important. Mm -hmm. And if you are not needed, valued, loved, and important as part of a big tribe, you're screwed. The average American now has eight close friends,
0: not 150, That seems already optimistic, and that's
2: yeah, and that seems like I've had a lot of people say that's a big number. Dan, are you sure? Well, that's the one that you can find when you go look for some of this data. If you're going to use just the easy to find data, so we went from 150 to eight. We went from outside to inside almost all the time. Well, what what if we do that to any other animal? Let's let's take the immutable rules of nature and take an animal away from its herd or pack or group. And we'll take it from outside to inside. We're going to lock it in a cage all day. No social support. And then we give that animal free access to sugar and drugs after stressing it out all day. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? Of course. Well, people say, oh, well, damn, that animal's going to die. I got news for you guys. We're all going to die. So we're all going to die. That, this is a terminal body that we woke up in. But what happens along the way to that animal? And this is the sad part about what happens. It becomes anxious depressed sad starts to self-harm becomes obese starts getting diabetes and cancer and heart disease well what the hell's going on in the united states right it's the same shit yeah suicide's the number two cause of death of nine to thirty four year olds because we're not connected and we're never outside Mm -hmm. it's sad to me so so i have a solution for all the health woes keep modern medicine so if you get bitten by a snake you have somewhere to go But go the fuck outside. That's where you're from. That's where you belong. Surround yourself with about 100 people that are aligned with what you want to do in life and go. It's that simple. And we're not going to do it. Right. Because outside is a place filled with bears and tigers and snakes and shit that can kill us. So we just have to do our life as best we can with those same rules while we live inside a lot. That's what I teach people is Mm -hmm. how do we do that? No stress. Stress is the number one reason for doctor visits in the U.S. It's well reported. 70% of all doctor visits in the United States are stress-related. And in Europe, that number is 50 and climbing. Mm -hmm. So we're getting to the point where people are chronically stressed, but yet we're not under attack and we have tons of food. What the hell are we stressed about? Traffic? The barista screwing up your coffee order? I mean, that's a problem for some people and again it's because our life is easy and mm-hmm. we make shit up. So we get rid of stress, we go to sleep, we drink water, we eat the right foods, which is gonna be different for everyone listening based on where you live and what season it is. That's the right mm-hmm. foods are seasonal. And there's, a, there's a, a bunch of reasons for that. And then we move like our life depends on it. And then we occasionally get stupid hot or stupid cold, uh, a concept I like to call killing the weak. And, and I don't mean killing the neighbors, the weak yeah. neighbors. I mean killing the weak inside of our bodies, those sure. cells in our bodies that need to die. Mm-hmm. The, you know, increasing autophagy and putting some cellular stress on, on the system to kill the weak. So that, that, I teach those concepts, but the, all those concepts make sense when we look at what we are. And I if we go it. back where we belong, so we can dive into any one of those if you want to dive yeah, into those. Yeah, those are all good I, I'm ones. A, I'm not an expert on any of it. I, I defer to people way, way smarter than me on all of that stuff. But the concepts make sense when we just think of the last time you went camping, mm-hmm. deep into nature in a tent. <sighs> right. It's always calm. It's always a breath of fresh air. There's no stress. I, I mean, Except I was for saying, those
1: assholes with the two bright flashlights. Now that's no, a problem we that's can a, get in front of them.
2: Or the ones that are listening to their music on the trail. Yeah. Turn your shit off or put headphones in. I Listen, hate those yeah. people. Hey, Listen if you're one of those tree. people that has your speakers on when you're on the trail, I hate you. Yes, And sorry. you should uh, not have food today because <laughs> it, it's rude right yeah. but so nature should be nature and if okay. you're out in her if you're out celebrating the fact that you're an animal in nature lucky you by the way because what i think the number is 80 percent 80 percent of the world's population spends all day just looking for food that's that's a crazy how how privileged we are in this country to have food just I can tap my phone and have Indian food delivered no matter where I'm at. It's amazing mm. what Uber Eats and Postmates and yeah, I know I'm thinking of Indian dosa and some good butter chicken right now that's too. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, I know.
1: I discovered um naan with lamb in it.
2: Oh, yeah, butter naan with lamb. Yeah. That's a that's going to well, be a since problem. Since you guys
0: are getting excited about food.
2: <laughs> in terms
0: of food, what are your hard Well, Okay, I was about to say hard rules, not hard rules. No, they're yeah. all soft rules. What beca-
2: are the hardest,
0: and what's progressively soft? All right, so I'll t- let me that.
2: tell you what you suck at as an animal first, and then yeah. you tell me if it's going to be a good idea to lean into that. You right. suck at counting calories. Mm-hmm. You're you're shit at measuring portions, and you're absolutely mm-hmm. horrible at moderation. And that's all the things my industry tells people to do mm-hmm. to lose weight. Right weigh your food. Look, if you have a food scale and you're not a bodybuilder, you're doing life wrong. Sorry, you just are. It's just it's a horrible way to go about life. This is you made it. If you mm-hmm. if you're listening to me right now, you won the lottery. Because you have something to listen to a podcast on, and there's people starving to death. Today, while you're listening to this, there's a six-year-old girl dying of diarrhea somewhere in a country you can't pronounce because they don't have filtration, and we're talking about, oh, I don't know how to lose weight. I know how to lose weight for every human. Stop eating so damn much food, right? That's pretty easy, and move a lot more, and there's all these concepts, but why is that hard? Why is it hard for us? It's hard for us because all of the food all around us and there are triggers. Our triggers as an animal, they're the same in your dog. You can test this. Eat it all. Don't move. If there's food, shove it in there until it's gone and then stop all movement. Well, I'm surrounded by food. So why would I ever move? And right. Why wouldn't I just keep shoveling it in there? That's what we're fighting against. Mm-hmm. We're trying with a fridge full of food to fight against the nature of an animal faced with a fridge full of food and then when we fail we feel guilty we feel bad we're like oh i can't do this i don't i don't have the willpower nor do i you put (laughs) french fries in
0: front of me i'm eating all of them i saw a cartoon once where there was uh it was a why dogs rarely survive shipwrecks and there's a bunch (laughs) of dogs on this raft and there's one of them is going like uh, who votes
2: for $80 food now? I don't, I don't like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that's, that's exactly, that's humans right. unless we change something in our mindset. And that's incredibly difficult. So if we know what we suck at, why are we still giving that advice to people mm-hmm. when we know they'll eventually fail? And if we look at the failure rates on all diets, it's 97% failure at five years or less. And uh, Michael Easter even points this out in his book. I think the the average diet lasts less than one year and four months. Right. And and I should know the exact statistic, but you guys, it flexes all the time. It always changes. So keto diet, carnivore diet, vegan diet, if it says diet, you will fail and it'll be failure in less than five years. That's how it works. Mm -hmm. So instead of doing those things, what if we just go back to eating nature's foods, local, seasonal and what if we just did that and then on occasion on a rare occasion we brought goldfish crackers gummy bears licorice captain crunch crunch berries because you hate the roof of your mouth and pizza and pie and cheese sticks into your house just rarely not every damn day not go to burger king every day and try to eat healthy at burger king but what if you just feasted with joy in your heart rarely, instead of cheating on your diet, instead of, oh, I'm doing bad things. somebody's starving to death and you're doing bad things with food, we've got a screwed up relationship with it. So if we make it easier, and we can get into all the chemicals Mm -hmm. involved in this, but let's just make it super easy. You eat plants if there's plants where you live because, guys, I always tell people, take some notes. If you're going to take notes on food, this is the number one note you take. Plants are incredibly Easy to sneak up on. That's the note. <laughs> they don't run. I, they yes. don't run. It's, I can play tag with that tree right in front of me, and I will win every time. And I can go super slow. And, and they're
1: sassy and seductive.
2: Is really they, right? They, it's they, like, really? Look at that tomato. Mm-hmm. Mm It's all red. It's it, got. Look at that peach. Everything he says <laughs> says
1: to me that I, I we are hooked as gardeners. We've been gardening for twenty years, and that gets you outside. Yes. It makes you incredible things. And what it really taught us is. The concept of growing all enough food for your own family seems impossible. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it seems impossible. We're just not you utilizing can get to it. You, you can get to it. Okay. But, but but eventually you're gonna find that plants aren't enough. You're still hungry, you're missing some proteins because you're not you don't have the right amounts of plants with the right proteins in them. So then what? Feral cats. So, yeah, yeah. Well, so kind of down that road, right? So if you're not eating plants, look if you if you're living in a place and it's a season where there's plants, you should be eating primarily plants. So what you would have done a thousand years ago, why not do it now? Mm-hmm. So primarily plants. If you're in a place that's seasonal with plants, and if there's no plants, you eat feral cats yep. or anything else with a face or a family. That's that's my rule. It's something red and something dead. That's what goes on the plate. More dead animals if you live in a place where there's no plants during that season, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm living in upstate New York, go back a 1,000 years, ask yourself what you would have done if you lived back outside. I'd because get that's get the what hell they,
1: out of that snow is what I would have done. Holy we migrated.
2: Smokes. We were migratory uh, humans, right? We're, we're a migratory animal, but some of us stayed put. And those of us that stayed put didn't eat plants in the winter. Maybe some, maybe some vegetables that we were able to can or whatever we were doing, but the majority of our food came from animals in the winter, plants in the summer, okay? If you live in Southern California, plants most of the year, sometimes animals because you have to fill in some of those gaps. You couldn't find some plants and there was something fuzzy walking by and it was easy enough to shoot, that was humans for millions of years. Mm-hmm. You eat plants, you eat animals, and it turns out that nature's got self-regulatory mechanisms in all of her foods to stop you from overeating, right? So this is a, a funny story. I always tell people, look, if you can eat six Krispy Kreme donuts, and most people can right out of the fryer, I mean, that's a three-minute job. Mm-hmm. So Penelope watched me eat donuts one time, and she it, like I almost saw her throw up in her mouth watching me eat donuts because I can eat donuts. Just throw them in there. <laughs> The noise is coming, everything. I have an awful donut story. I was (laughs) uh,
0: rather poor, and I was at a martial arts seminar, and everybody was going out for lunch. And I was like, I don't think I should do this with my $2. But they were having donuts. So I was like, well, there's nobody around. They left a bunch of donuts. So my lunch consisted in, I think, eight donuts. And uh,
2: I was like, okay, I'm full now. Yeah, uh, we're good. But eight donuts, that's a ton of calories, yeah. right? It's 3,000, 4,000 right. calories. Probably right. not eight, maybe six, but it was a lot. A lot, was, right? Yeah. So 3,000 calories is going to fill anyone up. But how hungry were you four hours later?
0: I don't remember. I think I was comatose probably four probably, hours later. Probably <laughs> yeah. took a giant nap because right. it spiked your sugar. Yeah.
2: But- so it's pretty easy for us to overconsume donuts. Mm-hmm. Try that with carrots. Right. Try. This is my challenge to anyone, and, and, and I, I don't now because I watched a guy do this, and it's hilarious because he had to stop. But 2,000 calories of carrots yeah. is 10.5 pounds of food. Yeah, right. It is humanly impossible to eat 10.5 pounds of food in a single sitting. And if you do, if you manage to even get half of that, I had a gentleman do that, uh, and I do have a funny video on it, which I haven't shared anywhere, but uh, <laughs> he, he recorded the whole thing and sped up the video. He ate carrots for an hour and a half. Jesus. Yeah.
1: You think just the workout of your job—that's what. That, that's why he the, stopped. Any caloric, yeah. caloric yeah. intake.
2: So he stopped because of the workout in his job, but he got the two and a quarter pounds in an hour and a half. Oh. So that, that's a lot of food. <laughs> yeah. Right. So two and a quarter pounds of carrots is only 500 calories. It right. took him an hour and a half of eating. He couldn't do anything for the rest of the day. And then what happens when you're eating one of nature's foods, especially the plants, is the fiber catches up with you. Ooh. And if you want to know what two and a half pounds of carrots worth of fiber does for you, it consists, uh, it, or it consists rather of taking two days off of work. Or, that bad, yeah, uh? You're just not going to leave the bathroom yeah. for a while. So There. There's a vegetable that's super high sugar, Mm -hmm. but nature's got ways of stopping you from hurting yourself. Right, Fiber, chewing, some of the water content. If he would have done that challenge with raspberries, that's still nine and a quarter pounds of raspberries to get to 2,000 calories. Right. So when people say, oh, don't eat carbs, they're bad for you, are they? Because you can't overeat them. It's going to be really hard. Now, if I were to take those and deep fry them. I could put 2,000 calories of carrots in your body in a hurry because sure. I'm deep frying them in, in a fatty, high caloric oil right. that's horrible for your cardiovascular system. It's going to be way easier. So if I give you 2,000 calories of donuts, which are deep fried birthday yep. cake, by the way, that's it. It's, it's super easy. It's six minutes worth of work and you got 2,000 calories versus yep. 10 and 5 which would take most people two full weeks to eat that much if they were trying. Yep. So that's how nature stops you from hurting yourself. She puts all this stuff in your way. The fruit have fiber, water, chewing. The vegetables have fiber, water, chewing. The nuts and seeds have shells around them. They're sometimes up in a tree. They're hard for us to get. And then the animals are easy. She stopped you from overeating animals by making them really fucking fast. Like we're pathetically slow and they're right. really fast and they have teeth and claws. So there's all these barriers if we just eat nature's foods. We don't do that anymore. We order pizza and cheese sticks and right. wonder why we can't stop. That's why. We're, anytime you're eating food in a box or a bag or something you ordered from a restaurant that was designed to make it taste good. Yeah. You're screwed. You're absolutely screwed. Because you're not going to succeed at it in the long term, especially if you've had a shit day. That's just how that works. Mm-hmm. So the solution is you eat plants, you eat animals, you you grow them yourself or hunt them yourself and then or you go to the grocery store and you act as if that is your only choice you put vegetables and fruit and nuts and seeds and legumes into your grocery cart you buy some meat at the meat counter and you bring that home and then when it's time to have pizza and brownies and cheese sticks put weed in all of it and eat it all right ah. yeah yeah you eat the brownies with the weed in them eat more pizza than you ever thought just stop doing that every week right so you feast a couple of times a month maybe once a month you do it with with joy and reverence for food and where you live yeah. you do it with people you love but like i can't feast without penelope i can't right. do it oh why would i want to this is that's sunday fun day where you you know mm-hmm. you do that couple of times a month where you just let's order pizza yeah. let's have the the chicken wings and the brownie bites and Let's do some weed beforehand to make it even better. Do some weed. Look at me. (laughs) What a nerd. Do some weed. Let's have one marijuana dose. You know, you put some plants in there to make it even more fun, and you just do it. It's awesome. Right. But I tell you what, if I were to feast every weekend, I wouldn't look like I look. I wouldn't act like I act. Mm -hmm. I'd be sick and tired, and I'd carry extra weight, and I wouldn't even be able to do my job. So you choose when you're feasting. You choose how you're doing it. Stop feeling guilty for wanting to eat aunt auntie annie's pretzel bites they're amazing they're delicious you should want to eat those god smelling them makes your insulin go up just smelling those things gives you an insulin spike so you eat those on occasion not every day that's that's the whole secret so if you're in a place where it's always sunny Mm -hmm. eat more plants right damn it high carbohydrate diet when sun is high in the sky that's the way it should be because that's the way it would have been And if you're in a place where it's cloudy and shitty, you need more fat in your diet. You need a lot more animal products, or fat from animals, more protein, less carbohydrates when the sun is low in the sky. That's what you would have done a 1,000 years ago to survive. Stick with that. Things are easier. Buy local, organic. If you can afford it, you're done. Sweet.
1: As incredible as my team, we were already 46 minutes in, but I found a pivot point just then. I like it. Let's, let's talk it. about the endocannabinoid system.
2: Yeah, and well, let's talk about uh, the ECS. So this, I heard Elon Musk on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast not too long ago say, ah, I think CBD is all just a scam. It's all just snake oil. I'm like, uh, so Elon, this is for you. Uh, <laughs> CBD works for a lot of stuff in a lot of people because the system it's affecting. Mm-hmm is the largest self-regulatory system in mammals called the endogenous cannabinoid system. Some people say cannabinoid. Some people say cannabinoid. I don't give a shit how you pronounce it. It's the endogenous system, and endogenous means from within, so the system exists in all of us, and when I say largest self-regulatory system, I mean largest, and let me tell you just a smattering of what this controls, uh, everything. Literally every single part of human beings is controlled by this system because it is a signaling system that controls the other outputs from your endocrine glands, from your stem cell production, from your bone growth, from your cardiovascular tone, from your mood, from energy levels, hunger, satiety, reproduction. It controls all other 11 systems. What's tragic about this is the ECS, or endogenous cannabinoid system, is only being taught in I believe still only three med schools. That we discovered it back in the late 1980s, right Right, shortly before uh, 1990. So they've known about this system for, what is that, 30, 40 years? Mm-hmm. So you'd think 40 years, that's not new. Well, shit, we, how long did we discover our skeletal system? Way longer than that, right? right? So this is, a, in in human terms, with what we know about the human body, it's really new. Right. But to not be teaching it in med schools to most physicians is tragic.
1: Well, it seems like doctors don't even care about nutrition either. Or they don't. Or any sort of like, yeah. my wife has mentioned, she's got uh, autoimmune troubles. Right. And we were suggested turmeric and things like that. Yeah. And the doctor would just roll her eyes. Oh, yeah. turmeric. It's yeah. just... Yeah. Insulting.
2: Yeah. There's no way a plant could have an effect on the human body. Not if it's not made by Eli Lilly. Yeah, right, right. Or GlaxoSmithKline. Yeah, and I spent enough time in that industry to know what's going on there, right? So I was behind that giant uh, veil of big pharma for long enough to understand what's going on. I can tell you I've never gone to a We Cure the Disease conference. That's, <laughs> I always went to sales conferences being mm-hmm. in pharmaceuticals. It had nothing to do with curing diseases. It had to do with managing symptoms from the drugs that you're taking already. Because they get so, you on the so comeback, yeah. as Chris right. Rock used to tell us. It's, it's so, so sad. So, so this system, the endogenous cannabinoid system, most, most physicians don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. So how can we expect the population to know what it is? So when we look at that system... You make your own cannabinoids. Right. And anyone that's ever had an orgasm, anyone that's ever had an orgasm, congratulations, you know what anandamide feels like. Because that cannabinoid is involved in that particular reward system just as much as oxytocin and the endorphins Mm -hmm. and the the endogenous morphine or or whatever whatever other chemical that you're producing there that's making you feel so good and love that other person so much. It, anandamide, or that particular cannabinoid, is a really big part of that.
0: So in light of that, beside learning about it, which is probably yeah. a good start, what's in terms of kind of practical step, what's the thing that you do? What's the thing that you recommend people yeah. to do?
2: Well, so we can feed that endogenous system. Mm-hmm. We can nourish that system. And and it just so happens that operating more like an animal that lives outside actually nourishes that system, getting really good sleep, right. nourishes that system, eating plants and animal foods, not, not so much processed sugar with all the industrial yep. oils, that nourishes that system. And when that system is in balance, because it is the largest system in the entire body and it regulates every mm-hmm. other anything then the body operates more towards homeostasis. Now, when that system gets thrown out of balance, right, you tweak your back, you're working your muscles too hard, you worked them incorrectly, you eat a bunch of donuts instead of eating a bunch of carrots, you uh, didn't get a good night's sleep, it turns out that when when we put plants in our body, we can actually feed that system as well. So plants, like the cannabis plant specifically, nourishes that system. And the cannabis plant has, and it doesn't matter if it's marijuana or a hemp, it's the same damn plant. Marijuana isn't even really cannabis. It was a slang term used back in the 1930s to, to vilify this beautiful plant. And we won't get too much into the history of, of that, but the plant itself has 150 different cannabinoids in it. So there's a lot of different plant phyto, phyto, meaning from plants, cannabinoids, that can affect that system. And it turns out that CBD, THC, CBG, CBN affect that system in a very, very different manner, but similar to the way our own cannabinoids do. So if you can't meditate to produce 2-AG to calm you down, you take some CBD and it has a relatively the same effect on the same receptors and calms down Anxiety sometimes even helps with depression. So CBD acting in the body, very, very similar to the way your own cannabinoid 2AG acts, which you would produce if you would just go meditate, which Uh we called not being under attack and and maybe actively hunting. That was meditation back in the day, and now it's like I'm playing video games or whatever, right? So you can't produce that stuff on your own. If you can't, you go take some CBD and it fills the gap. Right. From the actions you're not taking, well, we use the same thing in in medicine. Uh, if a cancer patient is is suffering from what they call cachexia, meaning they can't eat enough food to keep mm-hmm. weight on, and they're dying from lack of weight because of what the chemo is doing, you give them some THC, some heavy what we would call marijuana, and all of a sudden they're they've got the munchies and they're eating because that particular cannabinoid is mm-hmm. involved in the food reward system. So. No different than anandamide is involved in the food reward system. That's why when you taste a piece of birthday cake or a donut, you want more. That's anandamide making you want more, right? So, And they're all in balance. They're all ebbing and flowing throughout our bodies. There's not just 2-AG and anandamide. There's there's actually five others that they know really well. Now they're saying there's nine others. We're constantly discovering all these other cannabinoids that we're producing. So we've got a mix of chemicals that we produce, and it just so happens that the plant— Cannabis and her 150 different phytocannabinoids sit with that system almost perfectly and they modulate homeostasis. So, when I put CBD in Elon Musk, you should listen to this. It's not snake oil because it's affecting the largest self regulatory system in my body. And if that system is dysregulated because I'm a shitty sleeper and I put CBD in and start getting better sleep. It works for sleep. If I put CBD in and it lowers my anxiety because of the way it affects the CB1 receptors in the neurons, it's working for anxiety and sleep. And then if I put that in and my back pain goes away because of its actions on the CB2 receptors in my muscles, now it's working for back pain and anxiety and sleep. Now, is it doing the thing or is it acting on the system that does the thing? And that's a very important distinction The plant doesn't do anything except act on the system that regulates homeostasis. And if I can regulate homeostasis, everything gets better. Mm -hmm. So I like the full-spectrum cannabinoid products with that little tiny taste of THC in them because we need the Mm full-spectrum plant materials in our bodies. Now, some people are drug tested and they can't, so they would have to use an isolate product. And I am by no means an expert on the plants— but I have spent the last two years of my life researching the system in the human body that it affects. And when we understand the system, the plant makes total sense. So my rule is this. You take the actions and put the plant in to assist you in those actions. Don't put the plant in to take over what you're not willing to do. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a bullshit way of living your life. Take the actions, do your best, and use the assistance of nature's plants to facilitate an upward spiral in the direction you're trying to go, and then it's easier. And mm-hmm. for a lot of people, and I've seen this with everything from anxiety to depression to back pain to, yep. to hunger and satiety, put the plants in, life gets easier. I eat less when I take CBD in the morning with my coffee. I just am less hungry. Mm -hmm. And when we know what system it's affecting and that system is involved in hunger and satiety, then it's easy to understand why. Mm -hmm. I have folks that their life has been changed forever because their anxiety is greatly diminished when they're on a CBD product. Um, because of what it's doing in those CB1 receptors in the brain. Well, I can get that exact same reaction if I get them to meditate because it would produce something so similar in their bodies to CBD. That's that 2AG. So if you suck at meditation, do CBD. Yeah, and uh, then still and practice you, right, meditation, right? You always do the actions. You use the plants to help. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that that's, makes sense. Uh, that's an easy way to go about life. What I if we that.
1: replace all these antidepressants with some CDB?
2: Can you, I'm you imagine think. what would happen if we would? I would
1: say CDB because of Charlie yeah. Daniels. I'm far yeah, outside. well, <laughs> what
2: happens if we would just ask people to increase their vitamin D levels so they can make their own serotonin in the first place? Because you can't make serotonin without vitamin D, and the vast majority of Americans are vi- chronically vitamin D deficient. Wow. So what happens if we just gave you the magnesium, vitamin D, uh, uh, some of the tryptophan, some of the other stuff you're going to need to make serotonin before we reach for the drug? What if we addressed what you were doing in life and said, where are your tribal relationships? Do you in life feel needed, valued, loved, and important? We never ask that question. We just give you the drug and then hope you don't kill yourself later. It's just, it's sad to me. I don't think the
1: stacklers are going to agree with
2: that. Yeah, well, you know, we just got to get out of that system. But you're right. It's so terrible. There's too many people making too many billions of dollars to to bother even talking about Uh the stuff that's free. Number two cause of weight gain in the United States is not going to bed. Lack of sleep is the number mm-hmm. two cause of weight gain in the nation. and Nobody talks about it because who's going to make any money if you just stay in bed for a couple extra hours? Right. Nobody is. As a matter of fact, somebody's going to be losing money because now I can't market to you because you're sleeping for an extra two hours.
0: And my ease was telling me this thing about a <clears throat> classmate of hers, 12 years old, right, 7th grade, uh, goes to bed at 1 a.m. every night, wakes up at 7, and I'm like, that's bad for an adult? That's horrible. For a kid. And she's like, and so, uh, like, how does she stay awake? She's like, oh, drinks a lot of coffee. I'm like, At 12. I'm like, Jesus Christ. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refer to a
2: study for that one because yeah. there, there's a very, very powerful study out of the United States published back in 2018 in a psychological journal. I forget the name of the journal. I apologize. But this was 38,000 American teenagers, 10th grade, 12th grade, uh, 8th grade, 10th mm-hmm. grade, and 12th grade, 38,000 American teenagers. And they looked at sleep patterns versus suicidal mm-hmm. Attempts? Have you heard of the study? Mm-mm. Okay, so they weren't looking. At, they looked but at I suicidal can, well, ideation. i tell you what the conclusion will be because it's a pretty <laughs> well, clear one. So this is I I'll wrap this up really quickly. For every hour less than eight, mm-hmm. there was a fifty-eight percent increase in suicide attempts. Mm-hmm. Wow! That means six-hour sleepers in this thirty-eight thousand student study published very recently. Six-hour sleepers were one hundred and sixteen percent more likely to try to kill themselves. Than eight hour sleepers. That scares the shit out of me when we've got 12 year olds doing that. Yeah. And nobody's teaching them that this is bad for the brain. At the same time,
0: it seemed like such an easy fix. Yeah. Because it's like, it's not a complicated I'm not if even going to put your you phone you down. down. Yeah. yeah. Go to That's bed hard. early.
3: Yeah. yeah. Or,
2: yeah. And those people that say I can't go to bed early, do some shit that makes you tired. You'll right. go to bed early. I mean, go camping for a week. Our sleep schedule is is aligned with our circadian yeah. patterns. It all has to do with where that sun is. We just never go outside and we never do anything that makes us tired. Right. Jesus, come run with me for just a, yeah, even yeah. a half a day. You're gonna go to bed early and you're right. gonna stay in bed for longer than you think. Good.
1: Right. And weren't we diurnal sleepers? Two sessions.
3: Yeah. So point? so
2: there at some point in in this was seasonal in humans. We would do some biphasic sleeping where where there and there's still a lot of cultures where you can see a little bit of that right the the cultures well Daniel you know this mm-hmm. from from back in some of the European cultures there's a siesta in there sure. right you sleep at night and then you get up a little earlier you do your thing and then you have lunch have sex and then you take a nap and that's an every an, day that's an
0: interesting one right there speaking of the individual right yeah like Savannah is naps every day yeah if good she for doesn't her nap,
2: uh,
1: Trouble.
0: Yeah, you're yeah. screwed. Yeah. Right. Because <laughs> she'll so beat the shit like out of you. Be like, no, I don't need a nap. I'm like, go take a nap because we all need it. We all thank you for it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't nap for the life of me. Yeah. And when I've tried, it bothers me. Like, yeah. I don't, and I work fine. I sleep great at night. Yeah. I have a long sleep at night. Right. Except in days like today when I have to wake up horrendously early to take kids to school. But other yeah. than that, I have like, and then I'm good. I'm, like, good to go for the day. And and so even that is funny, like, how, you know, theoretically, they both make sense, right? It's yeah. kind of like it's whatever works for you. Your body is different. Yeah,
2: and if you grew up in one of those cultures in, in Mexico, say, that has right. that built in and yeah. everyone does it, then that's what you're probably going to do.
0: But even that is funny because, like, for me, like, I grew up around that quite yeah. a bit. Right. And I was like, the times that I tried to do it, he was like, I hate this shit. Yeah. And then
2: when I would fall asleep, I would wake up all groggy. I'm like, yeah. this thing
0: sucks. Yeah. I don't want to do this.
2: Yeah. So bio-individuality right. plays right. a role in, in that. And yeah. so that's why I tell people, look, th- I can't tell you when to go to bed. Right. I can tell you the best thing you can do for yourself is try to get up at the same time or relatively the same time yep. most days. Right. And, and the reason that's a problem for a lot of folks like me is because I, when I woke up yesterday... I was in Eastern time zone. And then by the time I got down here in California, it was three hours earlier. That's weird. So how can I wake up at the same, relatively the same time when I'm crossing imaginary time zones? And so it's very, very difficult for some that travel, but you just do your best. If you're home most of the time, set the wake up time kind of the same and then try to get seven to nine hours.
0: Yeah, in that regard, I think it's not exactly a coincidence that if I look at my life, the time period of the most stress were also the time periods of the least sleep and vice versa. Now that I tend to be able, most of the time, to be able to get the sleep I want, there's never an alarm kind of thing. I'm like, oh, this is
2: nice. That's the way life's supposed to be, man. No alarm. Wake (sighs) up with that sun. That heat and light should warm you up and wake you up. Not sound. You shouldn't wake up to a... Right. Uh, you know, an alarm going off.
0: And to me, like, if in order to be functional through the day, you need to load up on caffeine all the time, yeah. to me, it's like, well, you're not getting
1: enough sleep. Yeah. They're well, well why is everybody so tired anyway? Yeah. Energy drinks weren't a thing 15 years ago. Yeah. Did they yeah. arrive with the phones?
2: Yeah. I, don't, I think it's just because we've been sold the lie. Yeah. You're yeah. tired. You got to be tired. Well, There's no way you
1: yeah, but travel is a problem because it takes your astral self a few days to catch up. It really does. You yeah, that's what jet lag miles. really is, right? It's exactly what it
2: is. Hey, you know what? I know some folks that that actually do work in that, and that's that's their thing, and and I love them for it. I, I particularly don't know. I don't know enough that that might maybe that what if that's real man? Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, I think it'd be really cool. <laughs> I was projecting myself above myself and hey, I've watched myself throw up in the kitchen sink before. That's not fine. from from a position thirty feet higher. I and and I knew it was thirty feet. I don't don't ask me how, but I was watching myself throw up in a kitchen sink because somebody was already throwing up in the bathroom. I was high as fuck on right. weed, but because <laughs> I didn't measure what went in yeah. those brownies. But I've done like I've actually watched myself yeah. do. Some, how the hell does that work? So maybe there's something there. Maybe my Someone astral body wants, is trying to yeah, keep. I right. <laughs> wanted to teach you a lesson
1: that day. We'd like ten yeah. more minutes if you would please. Yeah. yeah.
2: I don't know why I go back to one of the Marvel movies where he gets kicked out of his own body, and he watches that watches the fight happen from a distance. I'm like, maybe that was it. I don't know. <laughs> maybe it's just my brain making shit up because I watched too many movies. Right. I have no idea what that was. <laughs> but I've That's been fabulous. there. I've seen it
0: since I know we're probably getting close to wrap time, other stuff you want to touch on or throw out there? Oh, I could
2: talk for, I, I, I do a four hour presentation a hundred times a I'm year. Sure. So I'm sure. I, we You're could talk about a roll. lot of stuff. Yeah. And, and if I really was allowed to just, just somebody just don't shut Dan up and let's see what happens. It's 12 or 13 hours of right. stuff just coming out of my mouth. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think the overall concept, I, I'll, I'll give, your folks some uh, some keys to longevity that I've learned from people smarter than me, and and let's do the number one key to longevity from people smarter than me: stop eating so damn much food. Mm-hmm. Caloric restriction, because of the pathways, the physiological pathways that operate in humans, caloric restriction is the number one key to longevity. Period. That's it. Number two.
0: What in terms
2: of so there's two pathways that uh, and Walter Longo is I think one of the true experts here. David Sinclair as well. Um, he's at Harvard. Walter Longo is down at the Salk Institute. Uh, they're real experts in this that are doing real studies. I just like reading their shit yeah. and um, but. They're saying because of the mTOR pathway, which is a protein pathway, Mm -hmm. and the insulin pathway. And there's an interesting study done in roundworms where they affected these pathways through gene editing. You can do that in roundworms, but not in humans yet. CRISPR will get there soon CRISPR will get there. We're we're getting there. I I talk about that in in some of the advanced programs. That may be
1: the most terrifying thing, that the new art form of the future may be DNA.
2: Right. Well, maybe we're our own architects. Have we thought about that? Maybe time isn't linear and we designed ourselves. Ourselves. So sit with that one. I made a few changes. Just uh, hit that, hit that uh, marijuana a little bit and then think about that one. <laughs> but like We designed uh, ourselves.
0: I know you're not going for hard numbers, yeah. but vaguely, what does it mean in terms of Well, So
2: what they did in the roundworm was they affected these pathways to the point where they weren't really in the way, and yeah. they extended the lifespan of these roundworms by 900%. Right. Well, so we know we have those same pathways, and if you can reduce what they're having to do for work, you can extend your longevity. Right. So when you look at, uh, I'll just do it this way. If you were to picture in your head anyone you know in their 80s or 90s, how big are those people? They're tiny, right? They're small, right? They're, they're not carrying sure. tons. They're not 90 pounds of extra weight. Sure. They're small, right? And they, if you look at what those folks ate, they eat less. Mm-hmm. Even if you look at Jack LaLanne's diet as he aged, less, uh, way less food. Less like, food. So less food means less stuff for your body to do, less work for your body to do, less insulin demand on the pancreas beta cells, uh, less uh, activation of that mTOR pathway. And when your body's not doing that, if it's not active in doing all of those things, what does it do? So what would you say is a healthy spot in terms of the balance
0: between the nutrients that you need and the amount of calories you need to function well versus overdoing it?
2: Almost everyone on the planet that's studying longevity agrees with two meals a day in a six-hour window. Okay. Mm. That's it. Whatever those two meals are, they should be plants and animals. You can't just right. shorten your feeding window and still go to Taco Bell yeah. every day. It's probably not going to be the best. Ba- I'm not saying Taco Bell is bad. Sure, sure, sure. Because if, you know, if you're in an altered state and you've got the munchies, Taco Bell's amazing. It's right? just stop doing that every day. Yeah, yeah. But shorten it to a six-hour window if possible, mm-hmm. eight-hour window if you can't, and then two meals. Plants and animals, whatever wherever you live, do your yeah. best, and then and then on occasion you violate that, and that's the best advice. Mark Sisson is giving that advice. David Sinclair is giving that advice. Walter Longo says that same thing. So because you're shortening the window, that's giving you 18 hours outside of that window where your body is eating itself, mm-hmm. and if I put food pressure on a natural system. The weak die first, right? So the body is able to go clean up all this weak stuff every day, right? For eighteen hours, eight of it while you are sleeping, and the other ten hours, five hours on either side, where you just we don't need that much food. Mm -hmm. We have so much food, so then we tend to gain weight, but we don't need that much food. Okay, so that was number one. Yeah, number two is is get stupid hot or stupid cold every day. And, and we're sitting here talking in this, this gorgeous barrel sauna over there, and I haven't saunaed yet today. I even asked Penn, I'm like, do you want to get in the sauna while we're <laughs> doing a podcast? There's a shower there. Right. There's a big barrel sauna. So, it, again, this goes back to how can I do the best for my body to kill the weak? And if I can increase cellular autophagy and kill the weak, not only do the strong get more resources, but then the weak aren't creating problems. So heat is a really great way to do that. How hot, how long? Uh, So the data I've seen, and it varies. There's always a curve. It's, It's always different. They say about a half an hour every day. Get your core temperature up two to two and a half degrees. So... It doesn't matter if it's that barrel sauna or if it's an infrared sauna or if it's just swing the kettlebells outside in the summer, Mm -hmm. right? If I can get my body temperature up a couple of degrees for about a half an hour, I'm going to enact some physiological mechanisms that are undeniable in humans.
0: Half an hour is hardcore, though, because I see, like, when you go in the sauna for, if you go, like, a 180, let's say, 10 minutes, you're good. Good. 10 to 15, eh, it's all right. 15 to 20, it sucks,
2: yeah. Twenty and above, you wanna die. Yeah, good. And um, that's the goal. The goal is the goal isn't to sit in the sauna to relax. It's to want to die. No. The, <laughs> uh, <laughs> to put your life into perspective because what you just did in the sauna, what do you think else is going to be thrown at you that's harder than mm-hmm. that? Right. So my goal when I get in the sauna is kill the weak. Right. I yeah. like to like I like I don't like to suffer because I hate myself. I like to put myself in a situation where I know. Definitively, the week will be dead when I get out. Right. And then we always feel better, mm-hmm. right? If I can put you in that suffering state at 26 minutes, right. you're going to feel better than when you get out at 10. Mm-hmm. I know you will because you're also going to produce a cannabinoid in there that makes you feel better. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's things that go on and chemicals that are produced when we're at that precipice of, oh, my God, I'm barely hanging on here that are actually really, really good for us. It's the fact that you're controlling the dose that, that gives it all the benefit. Now, if that was forced on you and you wouldn't know when you were sure, coming sure. out, that would be a severely different stressful part. event. Right. You'd have some of the same but some of different hormones. Mm-hmm. You're the one controlling the dose. You can open that door anytime. Right. So that's number two. Number right. three is surround yourself with really powerful relationships and align yourself with something bigger than you. And this is what I love about looking at some of the data on on longevity and tribal relationships is you just look at retirement data from Europe. And there were some fantastic studies on this where they looked at retirees who retired at 55 years old and they found the vast majority of them within 10 years after retirement were dead. They did the same study in 65-year-old retirees and found the same thing. These lost, people lost their purpose they're, because they're not aligned with anything anymore. Because most most of the, the our old school mentality was go to work, stay at a job for thirty years, and then retire, and then just do nothing. Because you got to conserve your heartbeats, you got to conserve sure. your breath. Well, then we die. So what they found in the fifty five year olds was true in the sixty five year olds. Those people were already ten years older, and they found the same thing happened. Almost the exact same percentage were dead in the next ten years. So the rule that I got from that don't retire. Mm -hmm. And if you do retire from work because you're doing somebody else's work and you're getting a paycheck for it is find something bigger than yourself to align with. And a lot of people find that in their spiritual community. A lot of people find that in their local community. A lot of people will volunteer. I'm just saying you got to have something bigger than you. And if you can have that when you're a teenager, it keeps you alive longer. If you can have that when you're 51 like I am, you'll stay alive longer. So those are the the big three. Eat mm-hmm. less food, sweat or freeze to death for a half an hour every day uh, just to put pressure on the week, and then align yourself with something much, much larger, larger than yourself so you're always doing better.
3: I dig it. How's that?
2: Is that, is that a good way to wrap it up? Well, that's yeah. Get the prank, everybody. <laughs> people who want to check out your stuff? DanMillerWellness.com. And I am uh, Ultra Human Dan on every platform except Twitter. Fuck Twitter. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's not your handle, right? No, it's okay. not my handle. I can't it's stand long, that. Right? I can't stand that platform. So, Ultra Human Dan on right. Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, or just go to my website. All the links are there, clickable danmillerwellness.com.
0: Sweet. Beautiful. Thank you so You're much.
2: Welcome. That was fun.
1: Funky music means one thing. That's the end of another fine episode of the Drunken Daoist podcast. A shy gentleman, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Trouble ben, talking. Uh, I was afraid he was going to run out of words. Of but course. No, that was pretty excellent. Yes, I, uh, I definitely enjoyed that.
0: We got to cover a lot of ground. So with this in mind, we want to wish you a fantastic day. And we shall see you around in a couple of weeks. Bye, everybody.
1: Sweet. D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I Good shit. R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N and the numeral one. And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Dows podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as they come out. You can keep track of Danielle at D Bolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at Richimon1, R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N, and the numeral one. We'll see y'all soon. Woo! I don't want to hear this. No, you don't. In questo <laughs> cazzo, in questo caso le providenza di Dio. can showed you the way, yeah? Huh? Oh man, isn't that scary thing. Nice.
0: So don't kill people, do that instead.
1: <laughs> this was great. Fucking awesome. And I love this character.
0: I have nothing against chicken other than the fact that they are ugly and weird and strange. We've been yeah, having a great hour nice. here.
1: Dun. Ta-da! I
0: completely got lost. Are we doing the outro or the intro? We're outro. Oh, we're outro. Okay, sorry. So that's so let's continue. Did you ever see the movie Tombstone with uh, Val Kilmer and... Uh,
1: uh, your accent. It just... Whatever that movie is you were trying to tell me about. Can you translate for me, please? I believe the word was Tombstone. Yeah, that one. <laughs> exactly.
0: Tombstone. Just as I was saying, you know, Tomstone. <laughs> now, most everybody thought... <coughs> We'll (coughs) we'll do a cut on there.
1: Or not. That was something else.
0: (laughs) No, that's maybe too powerful. (laughs) What do I have to do? One day the rod shall teach you.
1: Get back to work. Funky. Podcasting.
3: It's like radio, but you can cuss. Why?